the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffitt, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world, a warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. So The Kingdom and Its Stories is asking brothers and sisters, people around the world, how are they serving as Jesus' hands and feet? How are we putting our faith into action? I mean, of course, we're saved by grace through Jesus Christ, but we're called to put our faith into action, to love other people, to love our neighbor. And today we're blessed. We're blessed to have uh, Justino. He's been on the show before, and uh, we only scratched the surface of uh, the topics that we wish to talk with him, so he kindly came back. Justino, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So, Justino, brother, where where are you in the world? I am in Mozambique, in southern part of Africa. So, it's in a country called Mozambique by the coast. Okay, wonderful. And, uh, brother, you know you're you're uh, part of a, a tribe, and uh, God, though, has placed a call upon your life to do something. Uh, very special. So, so t- tell us a little bit about that. You, you, your call, that the call that God gave you. What is it, and how are you putting it into action? Yeah, it's a it's a long story, but making a long story short. And um, yeah, I have been serving in missions for the past fifteen years, and I was very young. I was twenty, and now I'm thirty five. So and um, so I just felt God calling me to uh, reach the unreached people groups. And um, I was passionate about evangelism because when I gave my life to the Lord, I had a very good experience with him that I couldn't just uh, become a Christian uh, without sharing, you know, uh, about the love of God to the people Um of Mozambique, so I felt called, especially to reach the the least reached peoples in Mozambique, and uh, so and I was praying about this unreached people group uh, that the Lord would actually uh, use people to go there, and uh, I found myself as well being called also to go to that island uh, of Inyasunji. That's the name of the island. So there was no church. And the people they were isolated, completely left, uh, left out, and a very neglected people group. 
and uh, there is nothing there, but there are a lot of people that actually needed to know Jesus. And that's where my calling started. And uh, I ended up obeying God when he told me to go and leave there to reach them. So tell us a little bit. I'm just being a bit nosy, but uh, it'll inspire me. Tell me a little bit about your conversion then. So so you, you weren't a Christian and then uh, Jesus broke into your life. What what happened? How, how how did you move from being an unbeliever to someone who sought to give their life to Jesus? Yeah, so I grew up in this African uh, animist uh, family, and uh, my mom, dad, they used to do lots of sacrifices, ancestral worship, and a lot of a lot of evil things. Looking back to it, at my childhood, it was like very terrible. And I remember when I was nine, I was asking my mom, I was always someone that was curious to know, like, why do I exist? And uh, where do we come from? Um, I remember this particular question that I asked my mom about the moon. I was looking at the moon and the stars and I asked her, like, who made this thing, you know? And just looking at the universe and the beauty and the lights and everything, how perfect it was, but my mom said, um, uh, people say that God made it. And uh, so I say, who's God? And she said, I don't know. But people say that there is this uh, person that is sovereign and that made everything. I told her, I want to know this God, you know, who made all these beautiful things around me. So, uh, but she didn't have the answers to my questions. And then she said that people go to church to see God because God is in the church. And then I said, I want to go to church. So the next Sunday, she said that that neighbor goes to the church on Sunday. So I said, I want to go because I want to see God. And so I went to that church. It was a Catholic church because Mozambique is a Portuguese colony. And Catholic church was very strong. Um, that's how... Uh, the, the the Portuguese colonized using the church, you know. Um, so there is a lot of Catholic churches around Mozambique. And I found myself going to the Catholic church, but there was no answer to my questions yet. So I gave up. And years later, I was 14. Uh, there were these missionaries that came to to my town and uh, so they invited me to this youth uh, conference that they organized. And uh, so I had really good experience with the evangelicals and people that were really teaching the word. And things began to make sense. And I decided to follow Christ from there. Yeah. Amen. And so uh, you're, you're a young man at 20 and uh, you probably had a plan for your life and yet the lord came to you and said justino i'm calling you to mission and so tell us tell us about that your your mission to the island yeah so um i grew up in this town called kilimani and the island is very close it's like uh 15 10 to 15 minutes on a on a boat um, and then you are on the other side of the island. Then you get motorbikes or bicycles to get to the first community. 
And uh, as soon as you just uh, get out of the boat, everything changes, you know, coming from the city where there is a bit of development and a bit of comfort and electricity and uh, water, running water. So there is uh, like things that you can find accessible, but going to the island is completely completely like it changes so quick as if you're on the other side of the world a lot of poverty people with no food and starving and uh um yeah it's very difficult the lifestyle in that place and uh so i just uh felt uh god actually speaking to me about that people group because it was one of um the tribes that my tribe hated the most so and the people from where i come from they actually um they look down upon them and they make even jokes and they call them witches because they say that it's a place where witchcraft abides and uh so me feeling cold to go there also brought some sort of rejection as well my family they were like all criticizing me why do you do that why are you going to such places you're such a young man full of uh, dreams and future you know there is a better future for you so I gave up uh, school because it was in a time where I was about to go to university and I just felt you know the Lord telling me that it wasn't it what he had for me he wanted it was just setting me aside to um, yeah just to to serve him so I just said, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you, no matter what people are saying. But I hear clearly you calling me to that place and I'm going to go. So I just uh, did this training, which is a, a, a school of frontier missions with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And the training trains missionaries that have got a heart to start a disciple-making movement amongst the least-reached people groups in the world. So, but in our focus was to was focus in African unreached people groups. So I just went and did that school, that training, and that training equipped me. And in there, we formed the team, and uh, because we 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 really believe, you know, in t- working in teams to accomplish, you know, for greater, yeah fruitfulness and uh so yeah i just formed the team and we went there and they speak a different language and because portuguese is the language that we communicate because uh of being portuguese colony but uh there are many tribes like many languages in mozambique itself so there are many nations so and we were trained that you know when the bible speaks of nations it's not talking about geography as like uh, the the europeans divided africa in a way for their political and economical interests and we just focus on nations as people groups that have a language and the culture so they are one nation they speak a total different language from the language that i grew up speaking so we had to learn uh, their language and their culture, living with them, eating with them, and building relationships and uh, so that it uh, would make it easier for us to share the gospel in their heart language. 
So it took uh, two years of doing that, of building a foundation. It's quite a, a slow process, but it's really, really important. And uh, so two years after that, we started telling stories, chronological storytelling, all the way from creation to Christ, building a, a foundation of their faith so that when we introduced Christ, they already knew who Christ was, why he had to come, and, uh, and all the things that he did. And uh, yeah, so and it was amazing to see the response of the people when that time came. And uh, we started baptizing people, discipling people, putting them in small groups and multiplying the groups. And uh, we baptized more than 2,000. It became a movement that as we did the stats and statistics, it was more than 2,000 baptisms that took place in that island. From no church to many churches um, in the island and obeying Jesus and making disciples. Yeah. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories, and today uh, we're blessed to have Justino. And Justino has just been sharing um, how where he was raised in Mozambique. Uh, he was called by God to go to uh, a group of people, a people's group, an ethnicity where they do not know Jesus Christ, called the Unreached People Groups. More than that, this group uh, he was raised to hate as a child, to, to look down upon, uh, and yet God called him not to look down on them, but to go over to them and to love them. And so doing so, he went over and uh, learned the language and has now been used by God with his team uh, after two years of learning the language to reach out and share God's love, the gospel with these people. And the result, if I'm correct, is that 2,000 people from this non-believing animistic community have now come to faith in Jesus Christ. Is that correct, Justino? Yes, that's correct. Wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing, brother. You know, I, I really love that because uh, sometimes, um, you know, uh, it, 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 it can be challenging to just reach out, say, in, uh, in the U.S., in Phoenix, myself, reach out to the person who lives next door to me in the house and share the word of God with them. And yet you went over to a people group who don't like you. <laughs> and so uh, you went there and not only did uh, you earn their trust, but also their love. Um, so, 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 brother, tell me, what, um, what fruit have you seen uh, from the training, from the baptisms? How has the, uh, <clears throat> the community there changed? Uh, the community changed in many ways, which um, what I like about it, and it's not just in the island, and I would probably say in most of the African communities, they are not very much into, like, they're not knowledge-based, uh, you know. It's like um, um, they just learn one thing and they want to practice that. It's not like you have too much knowledge of the scriptures and of the Bible, but you do nothing with it. So people, they learn one thing, and all of a sudden, you will see that it's telling that story to their friends, their family, the people that they care. And um, and then the next day, you are seeing them bringing like three or four or five more people that want to hear those stories. 
And uh, so we saw like a lot of changes in that area where people became obedient disciples of Christ. And sometimes they would actually bring them uh, to us and say, hey, my father is interested in these stories and uh, my friend and all of that. So we kind of like we were very uh, cautious not to make uh, all those people, you know, dependent on us. We just trusted the Holy Spirit that they're already sharing. They're already telling stories. They are already drawing people. Why don't you just form a group and and you disciple that group and you come, you hear the stories from us and then you tell the stories yourself so that not everybody, we will not be able to really disciple all of these people, but you can do what you can and I can do what I can and your disciples, we do what they can. And then we saw a lot of change in that area and the transformation i would particularly say that um they are very uh, animistic and uh, they believe in a lot of like ancestor in africa has a lot of fear so it's a fear-based culture and uh, where the enemy has really embedded like has put, brought fear to to the people and uh so when it comes to death and people are very fearful of it and witchcraft and all of that. So when people became believers and we were discipling them and and talking, bringing scriptures that talk about fear, that we should not be fearful because fear doesn't come from the Lord and all of that. And so people became like very, very bold to know that there is this God and that's, you know, through his son, you know, that revealed himself through his son that is so powerful than any other spirits, you know, that, you know, they fear about. So when they came to know that truth, many things changed. Mm. And we began to see fruits and believers, you know, sharing their testimonies and seeing the power of God, you know, working through them and uh, praying for people, seeing healings and believing in, in, in the supernatural as well, things, you know in the situation so we have seen a lot of change in that regard yeah obviously the the greatest healing comes from the holy spirit and you know teaching god's word the gospel to people uh but also you know as you would say it, it comes through uh showing people the gospel uh loving the neighbors you know in your sense it was kind of in the past loving your enemies the tribe that didn't like you and you didn't like them you know it was loving people so can you give us a few ideas of uh how uh you and the 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 community the now the 2000 strong are uh practically uh putting the gospel into action i remember uh last time we were talking you were sharing about how you were healing uh people from uh, the disease of elephantitis and how you uh had built a house uh for a, a woman who uh, she and her children become homeless and so can, can you share a few more of the uh, acts of love that the the group have done yeah there was like this story i think that's the way you know like uh when you don't just speak but you also show that love of christ to people that god has called you to and um so that is what makes it a difference and i believe that was the key that we found in our ministry uh that we saw people really responding to the gospel because it wasn't just talking about jesus but showing jesus to people 
through our, you know, mm. uh, arts and, and love and all of that. So there are like many stories in many situations. And one of these is from this particular lady that she was uh, HIV positive. And HIV is very high on that island because the men usually they they leave and they go to bigger towns and finding jobs and they stay there for like a year or two and they they sleep around there's a lot of um infidelity and all all these kind of things and they come back home and they bring diseases to their wives and it's really terrible and so this lady was sick and very sick and she was like um sitting outside full of bruises wounds you know all of our skin and and the parents they you know they were not actually showing that love she was very neglected by her even dad and mom and brother and sister and one day i just stopped by and um and i said how are you i started talking to her she said yeah i'm just sick and life is very hard things are difficult and uh i feel like i'm dying and no one is actually um uh, wanting to take me to the hospital because they say they don't have transport and uh, because she couldn't walk and and they needed a transport to do that so i offered myself to help her i put her on my motorbike and um I, I took her to the hospital where she could get the antiretrovirals and and get some help and because she really needed it and so and then i took her to the hospital i spoke to some nurses that i know and they looked after her and i was coming on daily basis bringing her food and assistance and uh so then uh two weeks later she was discharged from the hospital and she was fine and um to go home so i took her home and on the way from the hospital taking her home she was asked why do you do this and why are you doing that you're not even my family you're you're, you're nothing you're just this stranger that come out of nowhere and and you're just helping me and doing all these things and then I say that someone that, you know, uh, puts you in my heart and his name is Jesus. And then I shared the gospel, the essentials of the gospel to this lady. And she say, what, what do I need? I need this Jesus in me. What do I do to have him as well in my life? And then in that day, on the way from the hospital home, she gave her life to Christ. Amen. And then we got home. And uh, her dad and brother gave their lives to Christ on that same day as well, because they were they were touched by that love, and they say, "You, we, I am the brother of this lady, and 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 this is her father." But they they we didn't do it, you know, to her. And you came here and you showed love. You took her to the hospital. You brought food to her, you know. And uh, you spoke to your friends to look after her in the hospital. And uh, so the brother and the father gave their lives to the Lord. And that house, there was a church that formed. And the neighbors as well were touched. And so I would say um, um, Africans, uh, I mean, uh, they're very, um, like I would say, they're people that suffer a lot in many ways. 
But when you come and show love to these people, these in the play in the moments that they are going through hardships, and even in the midst of death, when you come there and bring hope to these people, and uh, I think that is actually the key that we found that really unlocked the doors for the gospel to penetrate. And also the, the the people that we discipled from the church, they began, began to practice these things, loving people. So we actually, we wanted that to be part of the DNA of the church, that let's love people like Jesus did. Let's show Jesus to the people, not just talk about people. We need to talk, of course, but people also need to see Jesus in us. And I think that was the way that God used for, yeah, um, for us to to minister to them. So, Justina, we have 30 seconds left. What would you say to me? What would you say to people listening who are thinking, wow, you know, th- this is amazing, but but what can I do? How, what, what, how do I start loving other people? I think uh, Jesus, you know, in what we call the Great Commission, you know, he said, like, uh, you go and make disciples of all nations and teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all the things. I think uh, obeying Jesus and putting um, all that we know in practice, I think uh, that would change things, whatever. It doesn't matter where you are, even if you're in in America, in developed nations, in the West, and anywhere, you just, God can use you, you know. I think if we become obedient disciples of Jesus, yeah. Amen. Let us follow Justino as he follows God in obedience. Thank you all for listening. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on the Kingdom and its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.